Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. Nope, but we are two beautiful friends who like to talk a lot about serums. I like your edit. That we're beautiful friends? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we should just have that in there all the time. A little positive self-talk. Before we like actually get started, I do want to give everyone a heads up that later in the episode in um, the interview where we talked to the wonderful music writer and journalist, Jessica Hopper, um, there is a discussion of sexual assault. So um, once the interview starts, if that's something that you don't want to hear, you might just want to turn it off. We will give another reminder later in the show. Yes. And um, this is totally in a different topic, but we are hiring a part-time LA-based assistant to support us in making this podcast. Yeah. And if you are interested, you can learn more and find out how to apply at forever35podcast.com slash jobs. And please tell your friends and apply. We welcome all. We welcome all. 
Um, Kate, how's it going? Well, Dory, last week when we left each other in the podcast realm, mm-hmm. we said to each other, let's do a gratitude practice mm-hmm. on this here episode. Mm-hmm. And we have come to the table with gratitude. We sure have. Should I share mine with you? Yes, please. Okay. I, I, this is a real weepy one, but it's that I'm grateful for the unconditional love of my children who have really helped brighten some tough days. Mm-hmm. And then next to them, I'm I'm thankful for my therapist, who I find very validating. And she also like swears in our sessions, which makes me feel cool because I swear a lot. And then I lastly want to express gratitude to a listener who emailed us and encouraged me to try a month-long meal plan, which I have since done. Wow. I'm only on day four. Okay. But it was very helpful. It was kind of like it wasn't meant as a kick in the butt, but that's how I took it. And I sat down and did it, and I looked at the website Damn Delicious that this listener suggested, and I got a lot of great recipes. And the first two meals that I cooked, my kids have eaten and enjoyed. Oh, my goodness. So thank you, listener. I'm so grateful for you. Um, That was like – it was really helpful, and and I I really appreciate it. We get emails like this all the time, and it's so amazing. So thank you to you, listener, and to everybody who writes into us. That's so great. What are you grateful for this week, Dory? Well, um, I just want to preface it by saying that you know, last week, my intention was to do a gratitude practice with my husband, and we have been doing it. Daily? Well, we had been doing – we did it – we've been doing it on our walks with Bo in the morning. Um, and he was very amenable to doing it, which I was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah. And didn't, like, roll his eyes or, you know, say it was dumb or anything. <laughs> Not that he would, but, like – I don't know. You just never, it's a very like sincere and earnest and vulnerable thing to say, like, let's talk about our gratitude together. Yeah. And so I was heartened that he, he went along with it. And so, um, we've been doing that the last few days. He has had to leave the house really early in the morning, like before I get out of bed because he's been on set for, um, his show. So we haven't been walking the dog together and then he gets home really late and, um, so we haven't done it the last few days, but we have we're we're doing it every time we walk the dog in the morning. You're doing it. Let's just say this more than you were two weeks ago. A hundred didn't even exist in your relationship. Didn't even exist, and it's been it's been really nice to just kind of have that positive moment. He said <laughs> one day he said, "Well, maybe we should end the day with the things we're annoyed by." <laughs> You're like, no, what? and I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> No way. <laughs> Cause you know, he is kind of like a like a, you know, he's not a negative person, but I don't think it comes naturally. He's not always him. a glass glass half yes, full type. Exactly, exactly. So I am grateful for my new gratitude practice. That is one thing I'm grateful for. Um I am also grateful for the continuing knock on wood health of the fetus inside of me i'm cheering my arms right now um i just i just heard from my doctor that the results of our blood tests that we took last week are normal that's so great um and though you know even though like we were pretty sure they would be because we did genetic testing before we transferred the embryo there's always you know with all of these things there's always like a one percent chance of course um so it's just like a little extra um you know security yeah that it that it was okay so i'm i'm extremely grateful for that i have to tell you 
I randomly went out to dinner with strangers last week. They were like high school, a high oh. school friend of my husband was in town and then they brought their coworkers. They were oh. all from Cincinnati. They were very lovely. Told them about this podcast, so they might be listening. But the woman I was seated next to told me about a practice she does with her family. And it kind of sounds like it might be something you and might work for you and Matt. And I've been doing it with our family because I've been making one meal and we've all been eating it at dinner time. Mm. This woman's family sits around the dinner table and every member of the family every night goes around and shares a high and a low from their day. And if you don't have a low, you are allowed to do two highs. But I think the idea is- You can't do two lows. I don't think you can, but maybe that's up for interpretation depending on your family. But we've been doing it the past for about a week since I met this woman. The next day, I was just like, hey, everybody, uh, we're going to be sharing highs and lows. And my kids were like, what? <laughs> but but it really has um, opened my kids up to sharing things that they may not have talked to mm. us about. And also, I think it gives them a chance to hear that hear about our lives that yeah. they might not know and also see that we have great things that happen and that we have frustrations. And it's been really powerful. What are some of the things? Can you talk about them? Just getting them to kind of talk and yeah. share and I think see – being able to talk about the hard things, but also finding positive things has been very helpful. That's so nice. It's been really cool. If Matt and I ever ate dinner together, we would be able to do that. Maybe a text <laughs> chain. Maybe you get on WhatsApp. WhatsApp. <laughs> talk about your gratitude. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to suggest that as a practice for anybody looking to just, um, I don't know, implement something. I like that. I was very impressed that this person's family sits around and does that every freaking day. I was like, my family barely eats together. Yeah. <laughs> But we're working on it. Um, also, last week, I made an offhanded joke about, ha, 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 let's talk about serums. And I have a thought on serums. Go on. Look, I finished my vitamin C. Okay. Which I love. It's by a yes. brand called Emergen C. I think that is a favorite of our friend Courtney Chisano. It is. I purchased it at her office, and I've used every last drop. And I, I often don't finish products. I'm very bad about it. Now I went to go purchase another bottle of it. And then I said to myself, Kate, no, you have a drunk element, element, drunk elephant, <laughs> a drunk element. You have a drunk elephant vitamin C serum that you haven't finished. And you fucking go pick that up and use it before yeah. you are allowed to buy anything else. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm doing during I'm back with the old drunk elephant vitamin C serum. And you know what? I'm not hating it. Did you think you would hate it? No, I just enjoy the emer- the texture of the emergency and the citrusy scent. Mm. And it has a totally different feeling and sensation of putting it on your skin. And I prefer the emergency sensation. Okay. I would say if you are in the market for a serum, these two are comp- comparably priced. And I would prefer emergency over Drunk Elephant. Okay. But I it did kind of help my... I don't want to say hoarding tendencies because I don't think it's fair to – like I don't want to trivialize hoarding. That's a serious thing. Yes. But I do have now a box of products in my bedroom that I am just – that are just things I own. Right. So I'm trying to shop in my own closet, if you will, mm-hmm. and use up what I already have. And that felt good. Like it just was nice not to not to spend money on something. And also remember like, oh, this product I also really like and feels really nice. It makes my skin look kind of bright, bright, mm, brightens mm, it up. Mm. Yeah. So that's my my serum update for the week. Great. Do you have one? I do. I actually had a similar experience. I love it. So I had been using a serum from Biologique Recherche. Your fave spot. My fave 
overpriced spot. <laughs> um, it was the Amniotique Serum. I have rebought it like three times. Like I, I like this serum. What a is lot. Amniotique? I, Amniotic? Yeah, it's got a lot of. It's not vegan. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, and I'd finished the bottle, and I was like, oh, I, I really do need a new serum. But then I remembered that. A small company called Botnia, I believe they're based in San Francisco, had sent us some stuff. They sent us their hydrating serum. And I took a little look at it and I was like, oh, well, this is pregnancy safe. Because that's another thing I have to think about now. Like, I, I'm not using good genes. Right. It's not pregnancy safe. You can still use P50. I want to ask you about that after you tell us about the botnia, how like how you're searching and exploring a pregnancy safe products is going. Because we get a lot of um, listener questions. About we do. That. So the botnia has hyaluronic acid, which, as we all know, is great for your skin. That's like the number one thing. Yeah, I think okay. um, it also has vitamin B three in it. Bring it on. Um, now, botnia is like supernatural, <laughs> not supernatural, like like from space paranormal (laughs) but i mean it's like an extremely natural brand um and very small batches, very small batches and as i believe kate has mentioned before the the serum does it sort of smells like it comes from the earth it has a grassy scent has a grassy scent i am also now that i'm pregnant i'm extremely sensitive to scents and so some of the products that i have either they've been sent to me or i've bought them I can't stand the smell anymore. The Botnia serum does not offend my olfactory senses. Nice. So I've been using it um, and I like it. I also like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a that is a recommend from me and that is a pregnancy safe serum. And I, I believe also a vegan friendly serum. I believe it is as well. Yes. yes. As opposed to your old biologique. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so how has your kind of reviewing of your products been going in terms of what's pregnancy safe and what's not? Well, um, most of my stuff was already pregnancy safe. Like co- the CoQ10 serum that I still, oh, I, I still use my CoQ10 serum. I mean, if you didn't, I would be, I would have to leave this podcast. <laughs> I use the CoQ10 in the morning and I use the Botnia at night. Um, yeah, the CoQ10 is just, I just love that serum. Um, and that is pregnancy safe. And what do you do? Do you just Google like the serum and then is it pregnancy safe? I Google ingredients and I can't list them off the top top of my head. But like, I mean, like retinol, for example, is a no-no. Any sort of vitamin A um, is, you're not, according to Courtney, (laughs) um, who I trust, um, salicylic acid is not pregnancy safe. You can use glycolic acid in lower concentrations. Interesting. But I've just been avoiding it yeah. because, you know, well, why not? Um, and then, of course, retinol. And and, and um, phenol is not pregnancy safe. So there is a formulation of Biologique P50 that has phenol in it, uh, the 1970 version and that is not pregnancy safe, but the regular P50 is pregnancy safe. And is this something you've brought up with your OBGYN at all, or is it just research that you've done on your no, own? No, it's just research I've done on my own. Um, yeah. Uh, there are, you know, I've, I've, 
to be honest, I've heard mixed things. Yeah. Like I have heard that actually the putting it on your skin is probably not going to make a difference. It's just if you t- like if you took it orally mm. that you're really not supposed to do. But I'm also like it took me so long to get to this point. If I don't use salicylic acid for nine months, like my life will not be over. No, you are going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my stance on that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, But Tatcha recently sent us a bunch of stuff. Look, y'all. I mean, can we talk about this? Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Tatcha in general. I'm also a big fan of what they sent us. Um, I would say, like, their oil cleanser, I thought I was, like, I thought I knew what an oil cleanser was. (laughs) But this oil cleanser, it just feels so nice going on your skin. It foams up really nicely, but not excessively. You wash it off, your skin just feels refreshed and not, you know, not tight. I really like their oil cleanser. As listeners might know, Dory. I am a stan for the Tatcha water cream, mm-hmm. and I now have it back in my life. Mm-hmm. And we recently actually had a listener write us and ask if there were any scents that like reminded us of things or felt really good. And I have to say the scent of that freaking cream mm-hmm. every morning when I dip my finger in and then like hold it up to my face, it's like the most heavenly smell. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what it's resonating with in my senses. God, I love the smell of that light cream and it feels so good going on. So, I mean, like my, (laughs) no, but like my test for something like this is like, okay, they sent it to us. Would I buy, am I going to buy this when it runs out? I'm going to buy the oil cleanser. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. I'm a convert to the Tatcha oil cleanser. I think it is really amazing. Which is fascinating because you were a hardcore Boshkia. Bosha. But well, Kate, shut up. I've heard you say it a million times and I still said it wrong. I apologize that that was so butchered. Uh, you were a, a very big advocate of their oil cleanser. Yeah, I was. Wow. Things have changed around no. Forever 35 headquarters. No. On that note, let's take a quick break. Let's do it. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. 
like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like 
I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Hey, so once again, before we get to our interview with Jessica Hopper, we just want to remind everyone that later in the segment, there is a discussion of sexual assault. It comes after the second ad break. So just a heads up. Our guest today is Jessica Hopper. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, Kate and Dory. Hello and welcome. Um, I'm just going to read a quick, very impressive bio. Jessica Hopper is a Chicago-based author, editor, and critic. She started working as a music critic and writer when she was 15 years old and, instead of college, started a publicity company doing press for independent record labels and bands. In 2004, she started writing for the Chicago Reader and has also written for Spin, GQ, Rolling Stone, BuzzFeed, The Village Voice, and many more. She has also worked at Rookie as the music editor, Pitchfork, and MTV News. Her first book, The First Collection of Criticism by a Living Female Rock Critic, was published in 2015, and her latest book, Night Moves, came out in September. She is currently working on a book about women's music history. That's basically it. Okay, I have I've one, I have one more book uh, before that, which is for um, teenage girls. It's called The Girl's Guide to Rocking. Oh, very cool. It's okay. It, it was. It was. I mean, it, it came out a very long time ago, and also, if you if you weren't a tween, you might not have known about it. Sure. Um, well, Kate and I were both very moved by your book. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yes, I actually texted Dory this morning. I, I'm not sure if I used the word wrecked me, but it you really did. wrecked me. Yeah. What? Yeah. In a good, you know, that the good wrecking, but it really it tapped a little something inside very deeply. Could you, you just tell us a little bit about the genesis of the book and kind of what it's drawn, what you drew from um, to write it? So the book is is a collection of kind of somewhat diaristic writing from 2004 to 2008 
kind of the the bones of it was cobbled from blogs and um, sometimes I would make like little one-off fanzines for when I went on tour with bands that I was in or reading tours sometimes, different things that I made. And um, I'd actually kind of, uh, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't intend to do this book, but uh, when I was working with my friend Alice Merrill, who was helping me sort of index all of my work when I was putting together my last book, which is a, like an anthology of my writing, Alice said, you know, you have all this writing about Chicago that kind of doesn't have anything to do with your music criticism, but I think you should revisit it. And by the way, I have already starred the entries that I think you should look at <laughs> wow. and put them in Evernote wow. for me. Oh my I, God. I like categorize them. Well, we were working on indexing stuff, but so then Alice was like here. And that was like about 60% of the book. Wow. That's amazing. Which is like, I mean, like, don't we all want that woman and friend in our lives? You're like, yes. by the way, I think you have a book in you that you were not anticipating. And so I went back and revisited it and I was like, oh, this is like, all this stuff is, is really about going out at night and, and kind of the beginning of it is like, from from that period, two thousand four, I'm I'm I had been working as a freelance writer for a long time, and I'd been doing PR for a long time, but I'd gotten to this point where I, where I kind of felt constitutionally incapable of of um, pushing other people's art out in the world because there was something in me that was like, no, 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 put this energy on you mm-hmm. and and uh, bet on yourself, and and so that was when I had started writing for the reader and, and a few other places. And um, so at the beginning, I'm, you know, 2004, I'm kind of like, all right, let's do it. Like kind of jumping off the cliff with the dream um, and, you know, living net 60 freelance paycheck to <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> and, and then, you know, by the end of the book is where I'm starting to, um, where I'm I'm working on the manuscript for my first book, but it doesn't, the book doesn't really go chronologically because yeah. I I just wanted it to feel like feel like being there. I yeah. wanted it to kind of feel like a mood, mm-hmm. as we say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and so that's really kind of where it goes. But it's it's largely about falling in love with Chicago and really feeling like like it was a city that could um, like I could never exhaust my curiosity about mm. the place. Oh man, I might cry. I've never even been to Chicago. Come. I'm go- I listen, well, I-, I read this book and I was like, what am I doing in Los Angeles? Why don't I live in Chicago? Get on your bike. The and most ride magical there city in the world. I'm curious because we talk a lot about self-care and wellness and doing things that that speak to our own hearts. One thing that kind of hasn't come up yet and I think your book captures is um the way the place you live can resonates so deeply in caring for yourself. Because in in the book, you describe kind of being in Los Angeles and how it is going against your soul so deeply and how it, Chicago is like your core, right? And so I'm curious, I think some listeners might be able to relate to that sensation. And I'm wondering if you could talk about how identifying a city like that as your home, how it kind of helped nurture you um, That's and, a- as like a larger self-care practice, if that makes sense. Yes. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the part of the reason that I left LA, um, well, I, I I hadn't really been to Chicago. I was in Minneapolis visiting, and a friend was like, "Oh, I'm going to drive down for the weekend. Want to come down with me?" And I mean, by the end of the first night there, I was like, "I'm moving here." You know, like <laughs> you guys are going to be my new friends, right? Like it, because there was there was this um, 
part of me in LA as like a, a young person with like the various, you know, different ambitious dreams, things that I really wanted in my life, um, had, had kind of come, had kind of been extracted from my life in LA because mm-hmm. in large part, because my shitty fake ID got taken away <laughs> and I couldn't go see the shows I wanted to. It says I was 26 that I was like five, six, five, seven, lived in Valley. Obviously I'm considerably smaller than that. Um, and, and like, I couldn't get in to see the shows that I wanted in this venue that was really kind of the focus of my community here. Uh, Jabberjaw no longer existed. And, and also I would, inc- I had started this little business and did my fanzine and, and people would be like, well, what do you really want to do? Like, as if like my dreams and my aspirations were not like, LA enough, basically. And I was like, oh, okay, well, peace. And and I went to Chicago and I was like, oh, community, like a lot of people who are all doing kind of variations on what I'm doing there, you know, starting record label, maybe they have a magazine, maybe all of these things that were like, oh, this is a place I can come and be myself and do what I do and have it be good enough and have it be understood and recognized, appreciated but just be in community with other people. And and it wasn't necessarily like a homogenous community, but I didn't feel like total weirdo. You know, when I was in LA as a young person, I still felt very kind of like Midwestern. I felt kind mm. of like a hayseed out here because I was like, why is everything so expensive? This should cost $2. I'm from Minneapolis. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that it was just <laughs> like, I didn't, there was things like I was interested in sort of the expanse of LA and I could kind of like almost like dissolve here in a way, but I knew big picture. That wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Also, I really just loved music and, and in, and I loved playing music and going to shows and all these things. And I could really do a lot of that in, in Chicago in a way that squared with who, like my ethical, moral center, you know, my, I guess my one of my primary, you know, self-care um influences I guess is this band Fugazi and so sort of like doing things that like felt like the right thing to do even if they were really like out of um out of accord with say like my peers or the people that I was friends with in LA or other cities that I I found that in LA and that I could just having a place where I could be as ambitious as I wanted and still be in community mm-hmm. with people was really, I mean, that was, that was, I felt it the moment I got there, like, oh, this is my city. Mm. I thought you also did such a great job of just showing how the experience of live music can be so important and healing yeah. and energizing. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I was also writing about music for all weeklies in 2004, 2005. And so a lot of it was very kind of familiar. And I was living in Philadelphia, um, riding around on bikes. Like it just felt, it was all so evocative for me. Um, and it, I was also like, oh, this world doesn't exist anymore. I, I think to a certain extent, for sure. I mean, there's, there's, this is, a, you know, the first few years of the book, I think sort of exist in a world before, um, you know, cell phone and certainly smartphone ubiquity, yeah. you know, there's and social media. Uh, yes. And where that starts to, to filter and dominate mm-hmm. and like our lives are mediated through platforms. There are parts of that world that I just think, um, that's kind of a little bit of why I wanted to do the book because some of these like little house venues and these little mm-hmm. like kind of like quiet moments of life where people can be like, 
I couldn't get a hold of you, so I came over to your house. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, like ugh. that. Like I don't want to be like we're old enough to remember this, no, but, but like we are. <laughs> we're old enough to remember yeah. this, and 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 um, and I think you know. I think, I don't know if that still exists in that world, but I think the thing that does exist and constantly renews is like young people who music and and the desire to write and the like just being in fucking love with your friends, that is perpetual. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the framework around it, mm-hmm. I think is, um, it would be very hard to reclaim unless you were like in a whole scene of people who were like, actively rejecting technology in most of its forms. Right. Right. I I find as I get older, I feel so nostalgic for the world 20 years ago, which makes me very empathetic to older generations who I've often eye-rolled for feeling so nostalgic. But there is something like the magic of discovery, like the the challenge of discovery. And then when you find out information, how satisfying it is, it's kind of been lost. It was because it was information was so hard won. Yeah. And also, you know, another thing I've talked about in relation to the book was like, people were like, you were just like going out all the time. And it's like, well, yeah, somebody just be like, oh, there's this thing happening. And that's how we got together. I couldn't just like look at Instagram and be like, oh, this thing is coming. It was so, it was a lot more word of mouth, but also it was like, you know, I didn't DM with my friends and, and it was like, I mean, 2004, 2005, if you were a flake, you just didn't have friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your sobriety is kind of just woven in through the book, mm-hmm. um, through the different entries. Can you talk about um, how, I guess, how being sober not only just affected your writing, but how it kind of is part of your self-care? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I quit drinking, I think, when I was, I guess I was 19. And and I, I think it was just, I mean, it was basically like this. I went out and I drank with some British people who were very heavy drinkers. And I was like, I can keep up with that. No. And I had the worst hangover of my life where it was like literally like bathroom floor, like, God, if you let me live through this, I will never drink again. And... I just was like, it was enough to put me off. I was like, I'm, this is a deeply unpleasant experience. It doesn't seem like me getting drunk or um, stoned or any of these things is like just beneficial to my life. And that also at that time I was in a band with some, uh, some women who were in AA here um, in LA and there's a, you know, or you guys live in LA, like a lot of people are sober here and growing up in the Midwest, I had only, I just, I didn't really know a lot of sober people. They're kind of random, you know, people who like went to Hazelden and stayed basically. And and so um, when I stopped drinking and that became less of my sort of like, I don't have the right word, like kind of social milieu. Like it was just like less of the framework of going out because I was hanging out with these like super cool girls in my band. They're a little bit older. And then like all their friends who were like these really witchy poo, sober strippers and like, just like cool. Like where I was like, Oh, these are like other ways of being. And these women really have their shit together. And that was really attractive to me. And I just liked that more. Mm -hmm. I just, it was like, Oh, there's like, just like a clarity. And like, I don't have to sit around at the bar and we're going to talk about what we're going to do next week and never manifest it. And um, I didn't think I was going to stop drinking forever. I just thought, oh, I just don't drink. Um, and then, you know, I turned 42 like two weeks ago and I haven't drank since like that day <laughs> on the bathroom floor. Like I just, 
um, you know, I'm not, I'm not in recovery or anything like that. It was just like, once I was, once I was kind of on the other side of it and became much more of a habit for me, it was like, wow, I can wake up in the morning and really get stuff done. And I'm not going to waste time on like just hanging out at the bar because I mean, I, this is like the eighth time I've said this word, but I was really ambitious. I really wanted certain things in my life. And, and some of that was, you know, directly because of my feminism or because I was raised in Montessori and you just learn how to do by doing a thing. Um, and, and because of things I wanted to make different and ways I wanted to express myself and, and not drinking or drugging was like a way to just, it was basically a way I saw those, I came to see those things as like, oh, those are impediments. Mm. And, and just to not do that, to be really present for the good or the bad or the boring or whatever, just to be here, be in my body, to be present in my mind, um, to be able to observe these things. And I think that's, people are like, this is a very sharply observed book. It was like, well, I wasn't wasted. I remembered yeah. everything. I would come yeah. home and take notes. And that's just, that was just like my inclination. Um, and so being, even being in those spaces sober and, and just taking care of myself in, in that way. And granted, I've smoked on and off since like forever. But, um, you know, as a result, I just stay very well hydrated at shows. And so that's part of my self-care. <laughs> Love hydration. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Kayla being just hydrated. talking about you, How big is that? That's like a... It's, this it's, is an 18-ounce water bottle. It's my third one today. Jesus, do you live in the bathroom? I do. <laughs> I actually started the day with a glass of lemon water, so I'm probably at like 60 ounce. I, I've, for some reason, I've become really obsessive with filling my body with water. You know what? But it feels so good it when I remember to do it. Good. It does. I, um, I'm like super, um, you know, this, because I know this is a safe space of forever 35. So I'm like deeply paramenopausal. And so I'm very like, I'm really into ice water right now, mm. staying very cool, uh, because I'm doing a lot of sweating sometimes. Mm. Can we talk about, do you have an ice roller? Oh, Jessica. <sighs> Jessica, we have to get, we'll get you one. Okay. 1199. It, it, I was skeptical. I will admit. Did you get yours? Yes, I got mine. Oh, did I, you get one for? Did you get a fetal size one too? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm caught up on my episodes. I appreciate that specific. I've reference. been I've been rolling. I love that freaking thing. It's in my car right you now. You should so specify it's... ice rolling. Yes, yes not ice rolling. Molly. <laughs> um, no, uh, but I, I think I myself, and I think probably a lot of our listeners are not exactly familiar with what it means to be perimenopausal. Can you go into a little more detail? So. Um, Maybe around the time, so perimenopausal, if you're in perimenopause, I've found in my limited reading on this and, and consultation with, I, I see like a, a napopathic doctor who's also an MD, uh, finally. Uh, so basically around the time I was like 38, I was like, why am I gaining weight in my uh, like tummy area? Why am I feeling more like, like the, like a kind of, like PMS, but I'm not having my period. Like, like, like my PMS also was getting way worse. Like, 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 like homicidal rage. <laughs> um, and also just why am I suddenly sweating through my clothes periodically? Yeah. Just, ugh. and, and, and all of those things were like out of order. And I was, you know, uh, being a, a Virgo, I'm very obsessed with my own diagnosis of all of my things. And, and it kind of took me a while and I was like, oh, maybe something's going on. I, fi I finally get in with my, um, 
with my uh, gynecologist and they they did a, a hormone panel and she's like, well, I would say you're closer to menopausal than perimenopausal. Wow. Um, you know, she told me, you know, you're you're uh, that I would never get pregnant again without like major medical intervention, which even though I wasn't planning on having a kid, I hadn't ruled it out and I was quite sad. And I, and she also told me, you know, because uh, I was like, I'm having kind of like kind of memory fogginess. And she's like, yeah, that lasts probably about five years and it, it, this has happened. And I was like, great, this is perfect. I'm a journalist. Um, <laughs> cool. But it was it, it was just names and last names and like um, band names. I mean, it was greatly inconvenient to album names, song titles. Like it was like the proper – and I was like – because I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm losing my mind. And so all these things that sort of happened – at once, I was getting less sleep. I was, you know, like that night sounds sweats. so disorienting. It, and it really was because, I mean, I thought, I thought, okay, I have cancer because I, you know, it was just, it was acute, and it was all of a sudden. And they did the hormone panel, and she's like, if I was to look at your hormone panel, and this is like about two years ago, she say, I would guess you're closer to sixty. And I was like, oh, oh, jeez, oh, Jesus. And I was like, so what can I, what can I do for this? But also, I had waited two years. And I think that's a very like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I think in, I don't want to typify a, you know, biological imperative, but sometimes we're like, I'll just put up with it. I'm used to having shitty cramps. Now that I have kids, I'm used to my sleeplessness. Yeah. I'm, I'm just old and my body's going to look like a melted candle. And that's just <laughs> it now. And it's basically a slow crawl to the grave and I will die soon. You know, I mean like whatever. Right, right. You know, yeah, I'm a busy yeah. woman, got two kids, book tour, yada, yada. It, it, there was a lot going on for me in 2015. And so she did my hormones and, and she was like, and I was like, so what can I do for this? Like, is, is there, is there like, param, is there menopause medication? Make it go away. You know, uh, I need to be higher functioning than I am now. Cause also I felt like my, some mornings I'd wake up and feel like my, my blood was made out of lead and I could Ugh. not rise from the bed. Wow. That's like, oh, I know. Guys, really just get, tough. just get, just get ready. But get it was like pumped. all these, it was like all these, but it was like all these things and they'd be, uh, some days would be there, not whatever. And so I started to read more about perimenopause and I was like, oh, I've, this has been going on for two years and I just kind of took it, you know? Mm. And so she was like, you can try the pill. I'd, I had been on the pill once for like three months when I was 19. So I took it and, you know, not to be TMI, I had my period for six straight weeks. And I was like, um, I don't think this is working for my body. Is this what's supposed to happen? She's like, no. And I was like, okay. And I just kind of started through, I just thought women have been going through menopause as long as they've been like living over the age of 40, which is not that long, a couple hundred right. years, <laughs> basically. Um, and, and so somebody has got to know how to, fucking deal with this shit, you know? Like, and so I started, I, it took me a long time to get in with this great naturopathic doctor that, um, who really helped me. Um, I crowdsourced information on basically vitamin reviews and supplement reviews on Amazon because women's wow. truth, like right up in there, there's some like kind of like so-so books about uh, menopause and stuff, but it was like, they were, I felt like they're kind of aimed for people who are like older and not sort of like I don't know. It wasn't quite all the way there. Um, and it was just sort of a lot of it was like a lot of current medical, like literature information was just like, well, it just sucks and you deal with it. And then after five years, your memory kind of comes back. And I was like, oh, oh, cool, cool. This doesn't work for me. And so it took a, it took almost a year, but I got, um, 
I got my supplement styled in and I generally feel a lot better. I'm kind of wreaking a little bit of havoc on it because I'm doing a little bit more caffeine because mm. I'm on book tour and different time zones and stuff like that. But I pretty much have it pretty dialed in and I feel good about it. But it took a while. Can you talk about what you take? Yeah, I take um, – I, I mostly take uh, Don Quai. I take a thing called Dim that is like uh, – I think it's like made out of broccoli dust, you know, um, but, but it's for estrogen. Um, it's it's like a – it sort of regulates your estrogen. I was doing some stuff that um, I found out I was taking it in way too high, high doses and it didn't work out for me. But I kind of um, – at one point I did drop out all of my supplements and then added them back in little bit by little bit because I had kind of started to build up like, I mean, I had like the day and night pill boxes that were the supersized ones and like just rattling around in my purse all the time. as a little, as a, I was like, I bet I don't need all of this. And it turns out I didn't, but I was, I was doing, um, the main thing that has really helped me is, uh, Don Kwai, black cohosh, changing my diet, doing meditation, which kind of falls away when I get busy. Um, and, and, and my naturopathic doctor told me go out every morning if you can, while it's like daylight, no sunglasses, get the sun in your eyes, um, and walk for an hour. Oh my gosh. With no sunglasses. I know. And I love it. I love some good sunnies, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and, and just like different things, but also regulate my sleep. I wasn't getting enough sleep. That was really hurting, you know, my brain, my memory, stuff like that. Um, I had to get different blankets. I just ordered. Are you guys hot sleepers? Let me tell you about something. Um, the, I got um, a, a silk fill comforter. Oh. Not that expensive. I found this because I stayed at a friend's house and on, on tour and I was like, why does this blanket weigh a thousand pounds, but it's not thick? And this, it may, is this going to suck? I slept under it. My sister slept under it. And we were like, literally got up in the morning, got on Amazon and ordered it. Wow. So is it a weighted blanket? No, it's just because silk is kind of heavy. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued because I'm, I'm on the verge of ordering a weighted blanket. I, I like a weighted blanket too. I've never I have some sensory it. needs yeah. there. Mm. And uh, my son has one and I've used it, but it's like literally the size of like a, a bath towel. <laughs> it's like not practical, covers my legs. Um, and it's like too hot, but this was great. I didn't whip my covers off, take my, you know, whatever, my pajamas off or like whatever in the middle of the night. And I was like, what is this magical thing? And I just researched it and got it. And how did, how did you change your diet? Um, less dairy. Um, I, I could probably take out the sugar. Um, I did drop caffeine for months and that really did the trick, but I'm on a 26 date book tour. So coffee's just going to have to do it. Yeah, yeah. man. That's the, t that's a tough one to drop. I always feel like that's like the last to go. I don't have vices. Let me have this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, a little social smoking here and there, some coffee. That's it but literally nothing else. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. 
Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Witness history at Roland Garros where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Switching gears a bit, there is a scene in your book where you, I think it takes place in 2005, and you talk to a group of um, college students at DePaul University. At the DePaul Women's Career Fest, I think. Yes. The DePaul Women's Career Fest. Um, And one thing that kind of comes out of that conversation is that you're like pretty dismayed to find that they are experiencing a lot of the same misogyny and sexist behavior that you had also experienced in the music world. Um, And I mean, obviously we live in a patriarchy, but the music world in particular is like an uber patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because to me, it seems like the music industry has not had its reckoning yet. No, the the despite what one of my former colleagues told me a few months ago, um, he said, uh, "Well, music doesn't need its Me Too moment because remember you had that big like Twitter thread, Jessica, like in 2015, where people talked about their harassment." And I was like, and he's like, "I talked about it with these other men that we also used to work with." This, this is somebody I worked with years ago. This is not, I'm just going to clarify. This is no one at MTV News, and um, and and he said, you know, we don't need to have it. We have already had that. It's out, and everyone knows now. Oh and I was like, 
it just felt like lava in my chest. Yeah. I think about this still and I want, I, I, I'm not going to go any deeper, but that sticks in my mind. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. And I also, you know, the thing that I, I think we've all tweeted like 27 times is like once we, once me too really hits, uh, music world, there will not be a lot of people left, yeah. but it will be, uh, hopefully the, uh, women and girls and non-binary and trans and queer folks and people of color who have otherwise been marginalized. And then we have to do the me too for racism. And, um, and I don't know who will be left after that per se, but, um, music needs to have that space and time because I think there have been so, I just have this long-standing fantasy of like, what would, what would music look and sound and music journalism and these spaces look and feel and sound like if so many people weren't driven out of it and actively discouraged and just told you don't belong here, mm -hmm. like historically, what would it look like? You know, I think about that all the time. <sighs> I do remember that Twitter thread though. Yeah, I do too. It was crazy. You, what was your specific question you asked? I said, what, um, like, basically, like, what was the first time for people who are in music or music journalism, uh, what was the first time you remember either realizing or being told that you didn't, that you didn't count? Yeah. I think that was it. And that's literally crowdsourcing information for a speech I had to write. And, <laughs> and you, and you received like thousands and yeah. thousands of, I mean, like I got response in like uh, replies in like German and languages I didn't speak and, you know, Roseanne Cash and all, you know, like all sorts of people. A few days after I, this whole thing happens on Twitter, you know, thousands of replies. I I'm, was going to Australia to give a, a speech that that was like what I was crowdsourcing the information for to kind of talk maybe sort of bigger picture more than my experience, because I think I've had kind of a special experience, even though I've had like plenty of gendered struggles in music, um, people generally treat me with a, at least like a decent amount of respect um, because I am like an authority and I'm a white woman and all these things. And I, I went there to do the speech and the day before I said, I asked a, a young woman, I said, what's like the big issue here? And she said, um, well, in the last couple months, uh, there's been a rash of women being drugged and rape at, raped at punk shows. And I said, okay. And I went back and rewrote my speech and I cut it in half and then used the rest of the time to, I put the mic out in the audience and asked people to talk. And it was, it was like, I don't know, it was pretty fucking life-changing for me. But like, you know, I was like sobbing behind a podium. I went off speech and just started fucking talking or, you know, off, off my, off what I had prepared. And people like stood up and talked about things that had happened to them. And it was like, that needs to happen, like in every fucking room that music or art or like in anything exists. Well, we went there. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it did, but it's, it, it, it's true. These conversations are happening more, but they're not happening. It's not happening enough and fast no. enough. And, and they're almost, it, it, it's endless conversation. It, it, it could well, take the, the rest of time. people who need to be having these conversations aren't having them. Yes. They're thinking that they already happened because Jessica Hopper did a Twitter thread. 
like this is a very thick table. Otherwise, I'd literally fucking put my head through it right now. How how do you care for yourselves uh, in in these kind of moments, or when you're when you're bearing witness to stories of you know survivors of assault, or revisit, or dealing with misogyny or sexism? I mean, that's something as as we've uh, everyone at this table's ex- experienced, and I think you you do have to step back and care for yourself. Oh yeah. Um, there's something that I did this year that changed my relationship. And it is obvious, it is a very specific experience that isn't something other people can per se put into practice. And it wasn't something I was anticipating, but it was something that was really transformative for me. Um, about six years ago, I was sexually assaulted by a doctor. And when I was delivering my son, Oh my God. Sorry. Um, and, and, um, and for several years, I pursued justice in like, you know, police, uh, detectives did, um, in the court, all these things. And in 2015, um, actually kind of right before this whole Twitter thread, I said, I can't, like, they said it, it would be a really uphill battle to actually try to prosecute him. And so I let this thing go. And then... um at the start of this year, I got a call that there had been another woman. And so now they were taking all of my claims really seriously. And this other woman is um, uh, undocumented, single mother. And she came forward and we both basically bolstered each other's accounts. Mm-hmm. And I, um, we tested we testified individually, but supporting each other's claims because our versions of what happened are identical and they're six years apart. And um, to try to get this man's medical license taken away. And it was something I never thought I was going to be able to do. I thought this was like done. Um, And to be able to have this all I ever wanted for it was for this not to happen to somebody else, you know? And I wasn't able to like stop that, but that me and this other woman, can you imagine in June of this year, walking into like a federal, you know, state courthouse being undocumented, being a single mom and testifying about what happened to you through a translator for like four hours. No, not at all. And, and like this, this awful gift that me and this woman who I've never met that we, we gave each other, how I felt after I was able to testify and like, look, I mean, this motherfucker was in the room why we had to testify and stare straight at this judge for two hours. I testified and I was like crying like this whole time and talk about what happened to me. And have the sense that I was witnessed and believed in all of these things. I came out of that room a thousand pounds lighter because I'd mm. kept this thing a secret in my life. I think as we, I don't say we all do, but we know we all do, right? And I came out of there and I felt like I was going to float to the fucking moon. You know? And... I don't I don't know how I would have gotten there otherwise. I was meditating my ass off. I was sometimes like 
collapsing and like scream crying, you know, carrying this stuff with me. And I was able to let go of so much of it and really like fuck those motherfuckers, Mm. you know? And, and that, I don't want to say that was my self care, but saying you can do this, you can go in there because I kind of didn't want to. Yeah. You know? And I came out the other side of that and I, I, I came back into my life in a way that I hadn't been in a few years. Mm. And I went back to writing. I went back to meditating. I feel like, like just spiritually, like a lot more traction in my life, a lot more routine. And, and I don't know what will happen. He may not have his license revoked. Uh, you know, a few days later, I got a call from uh, the the sex crimes detectives, and he, he they took him into custody because based on our testimony in this other case. Wow. For six years, he'd been out there, fucking in the woods, in the the hospital, whatever, in the woods. <laughs> It was not a woods doctor. <laughs> this was not a like a backyard procedure. But like just to be my I so I guess my self care was saying what happened to me and standing up for myself and and speaking speaking also for this in conjunction with this other woman who I don't know if I'll ever meet her. But like it was so just confronting that and like speaking freely and even telling my friends. I hadn't told some of my friends. I had to call my sister and was like, have I, do you remember if I told mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and doing that and just letting go of that, that was my self care. That is incredibly profound and moving. I don't think we need to like, I think we can just stop there and, and, bask in that because that's that is incredibly powerful and sounds incredibly hard i mean i don't i that's i didn't think i could do it yeah and then i did it fuck yes and i'm so sorry that that happened to you yeah, I hope that motherfucker like seriously goes to jail and I and I don't think he's ever gonna be able to practice medicine again, like, you know. Me too. God yeah. willing. Fuck. Yeah. And, yeah, you're not alone. You know? I think none of I think I bet there's someone who hears this who is who maybe has never heard their experience spoken out loud before who will hear it and that's incredibly moving and I might cry again, but that's thank you for sharing that. And you know, I, I wasn't anticipating talking about this because I literally have like my bags with my bag with my serums in it that I brought with me. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> we can whip out your serum bag. Um, I, this is this is just what I would like to to plug. There's there's like um, two things that I would like to plug that I don't think I've heard talked about here um, previously. Um, 
devout listener to the show That's and the mini an episodes. Thank you. Um, this is, I, I saved some up cause I was like on road tripping. Me and my sister were on, uh, on, she came with me in my book tour. She is also a listener. And so we like saved some oh. up for the road cause wow. Wisconsin is kind of no shade Wisconsin. Um, but I would like to say, um, there is the, the product line that I use is cheap and effective. You can get it at Whole Foods. I really like it because I burned my fucking face off with a drunk elephant. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Can't, can't. I'm like a sensitive little flower. I started using Mad Hippie. Oh, I've used Mad Hippie. Really love, really love the C serum. I'm not like a super fan of the lotions. I'm in the Midwest. I need to basically like, I'm making like slathering, yeah. slathering yeah. move for our at home audience. <laughs> Like just a, it gets real kind cold. of face. Yeah, no, you have to you have to really lubricate your skin in the Midwest. Right? It just g- grease me up, basically. Um, and so, but that their serums I really like, and that that they're um, I feel way less like geriatric when I look in the mirror these days. I'm big, but I just started the um the exfoliating serum. I've sort of been building up, and it really it's like uh, I think it's like twenty five bucks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Totally, my that's like a good price point for me. You know, I'm the breadwinner in my family for my for my little fam. So I I can't. I'm also very Midwestern. I love a bargain. Not going to pay a lot for fucking anything. So this is this is my that's my plug, and it smells really nice. It's kind of a uh, orangey. And how did you? Were you just like meandering through the aisle one day at Whole Foods, and you were like, oh, I like would, how did that discovery get made? I. It might have been like an Instagram ad that I was like, oh, what is this? Because I've been so effective, those Instagram ads. I mean, oh, God, I hate being someone's target audience. But also, I think, you know, I'm kind of someone who, uh, not to be like, I'm a Virgo again, whatever. <laughs> you know, LA really did a number on me when I was 17. Um, but that, uh, uh, so, so, um, I feel like I'm always kind of, like whatever, like a heal myself kind yeah. of person. I can really tell what's working for me. I'm generally someone who's like, I don't do well with like chemicals and most hardcore shit I put in my body is like Advil and an occasional Diet Coke, you know? And so I wanted something that was like natural, you know, air quotes, natural. I don't know what's in this, but it it's like a, it seems to be a company run by Australian surfers who were seeking to repair their skin damage. And I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. I can afford this because I was sort of like, well, I want these other things when I walk into the Sephora and we talk about the Sephora here, I'm sure. Um, But, but that I was like, this, all of this is overwhelming and too much. And also I tried the sample and burned my face off. So, you know, um, that is not a good experience. no, 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 it was not positive. I definitely cried. I yeah, because that's the other thing about perimenopause. You get like hormonal acne mm. on the chin. Ooh, yeah, and the the the, the Mad Hippie Vita C cleared that shit up. Oh, six days later, I was like, ah, I feel like wow. a dewy little teenager. It just—I mean, your skin does look great. Yeah, it does. Weirdly enough, I'm basically living on planes and coffee and whatever. I'm very surprised to. Hear that mad hippie vitamin C serum? Yeah, it's twenty five bucks. It was great. Great. Oh, that's my. I'm that's feeling my the urge to. I know. Stop into the whole. <laughs> I just ran out of my vitamin C serum. Well, I know. I might have to give that a, a ride at the rodeo, the skin rodeo. My my other my other small thing is that I um, there's an app called Dharma Seed that has Dharma talks, 
and a lot of guided meditation. (laughs) And it is free. Um, You can't download it. It will give you this warning because I think it's maybe older people who are like, if you download this, this can be a huge part of your data package. Like, I mean, literally you get this warning. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's a very Buddhist thing of them to do. It's very generous. Do no harm (laughs) to your data package. (laughs) Um, But there's, there's a couple uh, folks on there, particularly uh, some, you know, uh, great uh, female Zen you know, Buddhist, different teachers, insight meditation, all on there where I've, I've found people that I really like and there's some great guided meditation, but also mm. just Dharma talks. And sometimes when I do my meditation, I just listen to like, I was like, I got 20 minutes. I'll listen to this. Can you explain to our audience who might not know what a Dharma talk is? It's, it's a, it's, um, it's a, usually someone who's like a, a Buddhist practitioner, um, talking about the tenets of Buddhism, but sometimes just meditation um, that leans a little bit more towards Buddhism and non-attachment. And, um, you know, uh, for me, I found it just very good about letting go of things, but there's also uh, guided meditations on there that are just um, um, kind of uh, a little bit more uh, corporeal, like just definitely a little bit more relaxation mm. meditation um, that sometimes I listen to when I go to sleep, but there's a, there's a, I, I don't know. I imagine her as like an older hippie lady, but her name is Carol Wilson. And I really love her talks on there. Carol, Carol, <laughs> listening. she just, she seems like, um, kind of a uh, slightly daffy hippie maternal. I don't know. I love that vibe. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like the, the thing that like, especially lately where I'm like, Oh, shithole earth, go away. Carol Wilson, come into my yes. I I just, Last night before bed, Googled morning affirmations. Oh, they have a lot of those. Yeah, I might check it out. Dharma seed. Dharma seed. I just feel like it's free. It would be good to start the day with just some sort of like positive thought and like healing words Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as I try to move away from starting the day with uh, news briefs on my phone screen. Take them off. Take Take off your notifications. I got to take them off. You got to give yourself permission. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies to the New York Times, but I have to let you go for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have none of those on my phone. I'll work on that. Um, Jessica, this has been just so, such a fantastic opportunity to get to talk to you. Yeah. I'm really grateful. Yeah. I feel like I just did all the talking. But you're the guest. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is how this does work. We give ourselves plenty of time to talk. Yeah, there's a lot of us <laughs> blabbing about dumb stuff. Yeah. It was really, and it was just great as someone who's admired your writing for so long to get yeah. to meet you in real life. Yeah, and everyone, please buy Jessica's book, oh, yeah. Night Moves. It's so good. Especially also, you, if, you live, if you live in America, there's a, especially if you live in like a secondary or collegiate market, I'm probably coming your way sometime soon because my tour goes to infinity. Jessica, where can people find that information and find you? Um, you can you can find out where I am on tour uh, at uh, my on my Twitter, which I think is just Jess Hop. I think that's correct. Okay, um, you can With go two to, P's, right? Yes, yes. and uh, or JessicaHopper dot org. Um, I also have a, a periodic newsletter that where I write about uh, uh, other people's music. Sometimes it's like biweekly. I'm on my second week. I'm hoping I can get to my third. Nice, congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, thanks again. Yes, oh thank you. Gosh.
I just, I just adore you guys. And I just have to say part of the reason I love Forever 35 is because I just love to hear adult ass women talking about their lives. We do too. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's it's such a, it's truly such a joy to get to meet people and talk yeah. to them. It is. It, I just find it spiritually nutritive rather than spiritually distracting. Thank you. That's the, that's an incredible compliment. Dory and I are going to hold each other and wallow in that nice, those nice words. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Kate. Yes, Dory. How is the old bathroom cleaning clutter going? Oh, I cleaned. Oh boy. Oh yeah. I went for it. Okay. And not only did I clean out everything and put it in a box to store away, but I limited myself to keeping one face wash, like a nighttime and a morning serum, an essence, moisturizer. And that's like, I did, I don't have 17 moisturizers to play with right now. want to come to my house and do that for me? I honestly would. I found it incredibly satisfying. I really need to do that. And then I also cleaned out my fridge. So I just kind of let the Mm. cleaning bug that was Mm. inside me spread its wings. So it worked out pretty well. And, you know, my husband, who was a little overwhelmed by my clutter, hasn't commented on the cleanliness, but I suspect he's more relaxed in the bathroom now. Okay. You know, which yeah. we all want to be. Yeah. So so there you go. Now, Dory, last week you were focusing on your gratitude practice. I was. And, you know, I, I mentioned it at the top of the show, but um, I, I feel like it's going pretty well. You've rocked it out. I, I feel like we're rocking it out. And, you know, I think now it's like, okay, if we're if we don't walk the dog together in the morning, is there another time of the day that we could discuss our gratitude. The problem is, you know, Matt has been leaving for work super early and getting home pretty late. So by the time he gets home, I think the last thing he feels like talking about is like how grateful he is because he's so tired and just like ready to be home. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to read the room. It's fair. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he'll be on set next week. So I think we'll get back to get the grat back, get it back. Or at least we can do it on the weekends. Yeah. It's, it's, and you know, the thing with these practices is that what I, I think not being like not feeling attached to how often they need to happen, but just oh. trying to do them when we can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like getting hung mm-hmm. up on how often it's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's just a thought. I like that, Kate Spencer. What are you up to this week intention-wise? Well, um, I need to deal with the groceries. A little better. Okay. Um, in part because, you know, my eating has been weird because mm-hmm. of nausea. Yeah. Um, and, but there's like weird food in the house and not enough food. And I, I just need to kind of like get back on track. You just have and, like 30 boxes of crackers. We're, we're like out of crackers. Like, like I just, I haven't been on top of it. Um, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. Right. Like. I don't have kids. It's not that hard. I know, but you can still honor the fact that like you have not been feeling well. You're really tired. That you're working. It can true. be hard. Um, yes. Okay. So, you know, it's not, it's not a super lofty intention this week, but that's just what I've been thinking about. I just want to tell you Ralph's has a great delivery program. If you want to use <laughs> Ralph's grocery delivery like I do sometimes. Oh, maybe I will. You know what? Sometimes you need the extra help. Yeah. What is yours? Okay. So this week, that meal plan that I mentioned. Yeah. Thank you, listener, once again, for telling me to make a month-long meal plan. I'm sticking to it. 
That's the intention. Amazing. Because I often fall off the, the meal plan wagon and I am committing to trying to not let that happen. Great. If it does, I will still love myself. Okay. Okay. So let's see where we are in a week if we're still all happy eating the weird menu I have planned. (laughs) (sighs) Dory, on that note, yeah, let's kick it off. All right. Well, you can call us at 781-591-0390 and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can always join our Facebook group. We are facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast. With the passcode serums. Indeed. Oh, and you know, I should also mention if you're already in the group and you invite someone to join, it helps if you give them the password. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. Um, also, if you really like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And you can always mention us on the social media outlet of your choice. And our website where we meant, where we list all the products that we mentioned on our show is forever35podcast.com. And of course, we're on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And I also just want to mention to listeners, um, because we did have a conversation about sexual assault today, that if you have experienced sexual assault and you are looking for support, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline 24 hours a day. That number is 1-800-656-4673. Again, 1-800-656-4673. And Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir. That is me. And Kate Spencer, that is you. Hello. And produced and edited by the one and only Sammy Junio. Thank you all so much. We'll see you next week. Bye.